0: The following Dharma Talk was given by Katie Yosha Scott Childress. Yosha is a senior student in the Mountains and Rivers Order. This talk, like all of our talks, is offered free of charge. If you'd like to make a donation, or to find out more about our various programs, visit us online at cmm.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Thank you, Hojin Sensei, for asking me to offer this talk this morning. Um, I am a a lay student of uh, this order, and um, I want to talk a little bit about this fascicle that we've been studying called Undivided Activity. So we're about two-thirds of the way through a three-month training intensive that we do together. It's called Ongo. And uh, we do it in the spring and the fall, and um, anybody can can join it. Um, you know, at the beginning, and uh, basically we make a commitment to intensify our practice for three months. And um, what that means is different for everybody. Um, at the monastery, they change the schedule and get up. Even earlier than they normally do, so they can sit more zazen. Um, and for those of us who live at home and have a, a home practice, um, you know, maybe we sit for a half an hour a day, and then we decide, okay, I think I'm going to step it up to an hour a day, or whatever it, whatever's reasonable for our lives. And we engage different um, training of art and uh, body practice, and then dharma study. And um, so right now we're, we've been studying these two um, passages, I would call them. Um, they're called fascicles by Master Dogen. And um Master Dogen is one of the founders of Zen Buddhism. He was Japanese, and he lived from 1200 to 1253. And his writings are very poetic and dense and difficult to understand with our conceptual mind. Um, And so... We are invited in to reflect on them and um, try to uh, find our way find our way into something that is is difficult. Um, you know, we understand the words. I mean, they're translated into English, and we understand the English words, but we don't necessarily understand how what they mean. For us, um, so um, you know, one of uh, Dogen's most um, quoted teachings is he said to study the Buddha way is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self, and so we we are studying what it means to study the self and studying what it means to forget the self. So I, um, I hope that some of my grappling with this undivided activity, and I'm not even, I'm only taking a tiny little piece of it, because um, it's a lot, the whole thing is a lot. Um, I hope that it can uh, help all of us uh, in entering a little bit with it so the the fascicle starts out the great way of all buddhas thoroughly practiced is emancipation and realization so the great way we might ask is emancipation from what realization of what do we know what we're being emancipated from and do we know what we're realizing in this great way? So, we talk about emancipation and liberation from, from suffering, liberating ourselves from all forms of dis ease. The Sanskrit word for this suffering is dukkha. Uh, but it doesn't translate exactly to what we think of as suffering. Suffering, when I think of it, I think of like having a toothache and just being in excruciating pain all the time. But dukkha has a lot more subtlety. It can be all kinds of subtle states in which we feel uneasy, we feel stressed out, Anxious, insecure, dissatisfied, longing for something that we don't have, not wanting whatever's going on. all of these things are these forms of dukkha. And so the Buddhist path is for us to realize how we are getting caught in all of these states so that we can liberate ourselves from these states, from within this this life. The Buddha's first teaching, in fact, um, was the Four Noble Truths, and the first of these truths was the truth of suffering. As a human person being born we are going to suffer in in these ways that I was just describing because because we just do and because eventually we will all get sick and we'll all die and be separated from everything that we love so we suffer And, you know, this really candid recognition of suffering, I would say, is what brought me through the door of of Buddhism. Um, You know, I found it so refreshing um, to not pretend that these things aren't going on and not try to um, gloss over it. or try to um, distract or anything like that, but really um, investigate, like really look at it, come closer. You know, I, um, I came to Buddhist practice at a point in my life where I, um, I really felt like um, I had kind of all of the, all of the blessings that I could, could have, you know, in a life. I, I had so many good things, and yet, you know, I was not at ease. And, you know, I really could not find an objective reason for why. Why you know it yeah, what what was the problem? And um, just really having feelings that were um, or questions that were kind of gnawing at me, like why, why am I alive, and what is it what does it mean to be alive? and what is it you know, how do I not contribute to the problems that I see in the world? how can I help? You know, like just really big questions um, And so Dogan says the great way of all Buddhas is emancipation and realization. It's a you know it's a good it's a good invitation to come in. he He explains emancipation means that in birth, life, we are emancipated from birth, life, and in death, we are emancipated from death. Thus, there is detachment from birth and death and penetration of birth and death. Such is the complete practice of the great way. There is letting go of birth and death and vitalizing birth and death. Such is the thorough practice of the great way. So these translations by Kaz Tanahashi are interesting because he um, uses this, he says emancipation means that in birth and then has in parentheses life, we're emancipated from birth, life. So I don't know what Japanese word he's translating, but somehow the word birth doesn't quite sum it up, and the word life doesn't quite sum it up. It's somewhere in between. Life, birth, birth, life. He also uses a word, um, birth and death, uh, Dogen does, which is one word, birth and death. And again, we don't have an equivalent in our English language of something that is both birth and death. So normally I think of birth as like this moment that we come out of the womb and, you know, life begins. The whole show begins, right? That's birth. And um, we can also think about it from the Buddhist perspective of rebirth, where we are composed of all these elements and and um, different chemicals and things like that that come together and then fall apart, but they don't actually disappear. They just keep taking different forms. So now we might be in this body, and later we might be a rabbit or a, a rain cloud or a rock or anything we, we're just in, we're, we're just matter that keeps recombining into different forms, matter and energy coming together, coming apart. So that's another way of thinking about birth and maybe birth and death. Um, and then there's this um, Buddhist psychology um, teachings uh, of yogacara, where um, every single moment, is birth and death. Every single moment, everything is coming into being and leaving, coming into being. Okay, oh, you were scratching. <laughs> yeah, coming into being or and leaving. Um, and so we don't really experience the world that way, right? We experience the world as like, i'm I'm me i didn't I wasn't just like born like one second ago, like I know who I am and I know where I am, and all of this other stuff but um in the yogacara teachings, all of this is l- these habits that we have that that are we're carrying from one moment to the other uh, but the actual moment is not. All of that it's it's actually a whole world of possibilities at any at any moment. So Buddhism also has this schema of of birth and death that is these twelve links of interdependent origination or causation. So we again, were born because of things that happened in the past, like two people got together and had sex, and then a baby was born, right? So, but what, what happens, um, you know, moment to moment and within that whole life uh, can be illustrated in these 12 links of, of uh, things that are connected one after the other that leads to us being alive and continuing to perpetuate a life. And often it's this life of suffering where we are being reborn into a world of suffering And the first link is ignorance, that, you know, we we have this fundamental ignorance of what we are and, and what the world is, which, and then there's formation, there's, like, forms that appear, rebirths, there's consciousness, there's what's called name and form, there's six Senses, six faculties, six sense faculties. There's contact that happens, sensation, craving, grasping, becoming, and rebirth. Old a- and then old age and death and ignorance. And we're just circling around over and over again. So they're driven by action. Karma is, is uh, also the, another word for action, and, um, and specifically action that's, that's driven by ignorance or craving. So we're born with these six these sense faculties, right? We, we can see and we can hear and we can taste and smell, and, and so that's how we make contact with the world right and so we have we something happens we hear something and immediately it it registers as something that is positive like we like it and we kind of want more of it or we don't like it and we want to push it away or we don't really know what it is, and we just we're, we, we're really ignorant to what, whatever it is that's going on. Um, and then craving turns into grasping, and basically we, we keep this whole cycle going within a moment or within a whole day or a whole lifetime of going through these links. So why am I talking about this? This is birth and death. This is this is like a way of understanding how we are being born and dying all the time. That you know, we we see a person and we either decide I like that person, I don't like them, I don't even see them. They don't matter to me at all. And we're, we're creating a world doing that over and over again. We're creating ourself as something different from that person. We're creating the karma of how we treat other people, how we treat the world, how we treat everything around us through this way that we're, we're living and making contact and, and coming, coming into contact with the world. So in the morning I I've been trying to remember my dreams and also like be really curious about the first thought that comes into my mind cuz waking up in the morning is almost like being born right like how how when is it that we figure out like ugh I have all this stuff that I have to do and like this kind of dread of like remembering oh yeah I'm that person like right, comes in. But there, you know, maybe there's a moment before that where we're just where you don't we're not even anybody. And then, you know, somehow that clicks in. And like um yesterday when I woke up, you know, I had this image of this, this cherry blossom, because there's this tree near where I work that's been blooming and it's just been so beautiful. I've been enjoying it. So, you know, I had this very vivid, like, vi- vision of it. And then, you know, this, like, total feeling of melancholy just came came into me. And it was like, ah, oh, it's so sad. It's, you know, because it's, it's going to, it'll be gone probably by the t- next time I walk by that tree. And, you know, just being stopping to to feel that or you know thinking of my one of my kids and and then immediately like this fear of like something bad is going to happen to them right and and not you know just being able to see there's there's like something like a thought that my or a vision or something that i come into contact with and then like I'm in a in a feeling in a story in an identity of a whole thing so so we have this experience that you know we were born years and years and years ago and now we have this life and this personality and that you know we're I'm I'm this kind of a person like we know what kind of a person we are, and and so we you know we identify like you know I'm I'm shy but you know I'm friendly, and you know I'm 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 pretty lighthearted but I'm actually I'm serious I'm really serious, and I, I'm I'm responsible. Actually, I'm a mess. You know, I'm a problem solver. I'm depressed, you know. And we we like really identify with every one of these kind of identities as they're like coming up. I think we all have different ones that that we believe in, you know, we, as as they're as they're manifesting and you know, kind of operating in these stories. These, these ideas about what we should be doing and about what our lives are about. And, you know, it's fine. Like, we, we kind of have to have some of this in order to, like, get up and be, you know, functioning citizens in the world. But, it, you know, there's a point at which um, we can be oppressed by our own limited kind of identifications of who we are and what's possible at any moment. And, you know, not be able to meet a day totally fresh. Like, we were really just, like, born. Like, today. Like, it's, it's amazing. Like, this world. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's just miraculous all these people totally miraculous just naked we don't we don't need anything you know but then you know somebody at some point told us who we were and we you know took that and started telling ourselves that it's who we are and and then we carry it around. So this is is what we're talking about in terms of, you know, in birth. We're emancipated from birth. We don't have to be born and born and born again in that which is limiting us when we can... See it. See it for what it is. So this um, birth and death that Dogen uses, it's a term, he, it's called shoji. Um, I mean, the, the cells in our body, they, they're born and they die. Like, we don't have the same cells that we've had in our whole life. So you know, like this body, you know, it, it seems like the same body that I've had my whole life, but there it can't be because like the everything has regenerated and changed, right? And so like we identify so much with like this has this is me, but it's just this thing that's actually changing all the time it's it's being born and it's dying all the time so sitting in 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 zazen we're like kind of exploring this 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 moment to moment like this birth this birth of a thought like where did that come from birth death where does it go it's just coming and going taking that, that time to just land in the experience of what is going on, that thought. There, most of us have things that we have thought in various iterations over and over again, these, these habits of thinking who we are and what we are. So how can we be free of that? How can we be free of that and really see? So Dogen talks about emancipation means that in birth, life, you're emancipated from birth. And in in death, you're emancipated from death. Thus, there is detachment from birth and death and penetration of birth and death. Such is the complete practice of the great way. There is letting go of birth and death and vitalizing birth and death. Such is the thorough practice of the great way. So he's using this word detachment. Detachment from birth and death and penetration of birth and death. As the complete practice of the great way. So when I relate this to sitting in zazen and meeting a moment, awake, seeing, you know, a a familiar, or just seeing a thought, seeing what's going on. That, in a sense, is detachment. Because before... You know, if we're, if we're not seeing it, we're just off to the races. We're being carried by our thoughts and our dea- ideas as if they're real. And, you know, we feel horrible because of whatever it is rather than being able to see it. It's a thought. It's a thought. It can be let go. It's not me. It's a thought. Right. And and then this penetrating birth and death, like penetrating, there's usually a feeling that's associated with a thought. Right. And if we can be really sensitive, we can often feel it in our body. Feel it as as an emotion just just feeling it a hundred percent with no blocking not pushing it away not trying to hold on or anything just feel it a hundred percent let it in let it let it be and it's nature like everything is birth and death it won't last it has to die it came it it was born and it'll die. But that penetration, that, that letting it in, at least for me, makes a huge difference, actually, in how I relate to these states that are really difficult to, for me. You know? These states that are, like, really hard, really hard to be in, hard to navigate, Don't don't move away, you know, just let it go all the way through so that you can really know what it is. Right. And then Dogen says Penet um oh, okay. Um so this, I was also thinking about this, this penetration of, of birth and death in this um, teaching by Maizumi Roshi, who is um, uh, one of our direct ancestor teachers here, um, about uh, Kanzeon Bodhisattva. Um, and we did a couple of different chants this morning. Um, the Heart Sutra, which is uh, Avalokiteshvara, uh, which is the Bodhi, Bodhisattva of Compassion. Um, the Heart Sutra is basically spoken through that the Bodhisattva of Compassion, and then we also did the Sutra of Great Compassion, um, uh, and, um So the Heart Sutra starts Avalokiteshvara bodhisattva doing deep prajnaparamita clearly saw emptiness of all the five conditions, thus completely relieving misfortune and pain. And Mizumi Roshi said that Avalokiteshvara is translated as khanzeon in Japanese. Japanese. And khanzeon, kan means to see, or to contemplate, to reflect on, or to penetrate. And Ze means the world. And an means sound. So Kanzean is translated as the one who penetrates the sounds of the world. Uh, And then he also translates. Kanjizai, which is another translation of Kanzayan, as um, kan, sorry, Kanjizai is another um, translation of Avalokiteshvara, and again, Kan means to to penetrate, to see, to contemplate, and G um, means oneself. And zai means to be. So he says, kanj- kanjizai means to see, to really penetrate one's self and know who one's self is. That that's kanjizai bodhisattva. That is the great bodhisattva of compassion. That's that's actually all of us. We we chant these things in order in a in order to identify with that that we are that even though it doesn't always feel that way and so in the heart sutra to really penetrate oneself to know oneself it completely is completely relieving misfortune and pain which is maybe another way of saying Emancipation means that in birth, you are emancipated from birth. And in death, you are emancipated from death. Thus, there is detachment from birth and death and penetration of birth and death. Such is the complete practice of the great way. There is letting go of birth and death and vitalizing birth and death. Such as the thorough practice of the great Way. So letting go and vitalizing is the thorough practice of the great way. So something happened this week that um, had me reflecting on these teachings, um, you know, we all have difficult conversations that come up, and uh, I have this colleague who can be volatile, um, and um, you know, wrote me this email on Sunday. Please call me. So you know, Monday I called this person, and you know, I've I've worked with this person that I don't work directly with them, but um, more. Uh, at an organizational level, um, and um, they've, like, blown up at me before, and um, so, uh, they anyway, I called them, and um, they just, like, were yelling at me, like, clearly they had been spinning in whatever was going on, like, all weekend long, and were ready to just ha you know, unload the whole thing. And, um, you know, so this is, you know, a, this is part of a big reason why we practice, so that we can meet the world that's coming in and, um, you know, meet it with skill and, and not cause more pain and suffering. And uh, And so I listened to her, And, you know, I felt my body, you know, like tensing up and, you know, consciously, you know, um, let myself uh, breathe and be open and listen to really listen to what she's saying and, um, and, you know, let her say everything she needed to say. And I said, you know, okay, you know, you're, you're really, really passionate about this. Can, can you tell me what, what that's about? You know, because I had, I had made a sort of procedural, I, I had bent some procedural rules in um, this organization that we are part of. Um, and uh, that's what she was yelling at me about and and you know she said well i really believe in this organization and the integrity of this organization and so we have to follow the rules and so that that was what she was really upset about was that she um that she wanted the rules being followed and i was like okay you know that's fine you know do you understand why i did what i did and um you know i said we're I bent these rules because we're providing services for these vulnerable populations. This is a like a public library association that, you know, she and I are involved in managing and so um this needed to be done in order to serve these populations basically. So, you know, I wasn't I wasn't doing it for myself. I was doing it cuz You know, it was something that needed to be done expeditiously, and um, and you know she just she kept her energy of like yelling at me was still not exhausted. So you know, finally I was like, okay, I'll think about what you're what I'll I'll think about what you've said and and um, and I'll get back to you. And um, so then you know, I thought about it and I was like, okay let's call a special meeting and we'll have, you know, the the kind of procedural vote that she wanted. I had done an email straw poll. That wasn't good enough. We'll have a special meeting, whatever. And so I emailed her and I said, would it be okay if I call a special meeting and we vote? And she was like, okay, that's fine. And so all of that was like done. But this... Like, letting go and vitalizing that Master Dogen is talking about here in this birth and death. You know, when this person was yelling at me, I could either have, like, gotten really defensive and argued with her or I could have hung up on her or I could have... You know, called up other people and um you know, gotten them on my side against her, um, or whatever. I could have done a lot of different things in that situation or just not know what to say, gotten super ups- upset. But you know, being able to to let go of whatever sort of reactions that I was having, and then at the same time, like vitalizing, like this is, this is a great situation for both of us to be in, in order to like learn and grow and, and see something. And, and so, you know, just like vitalizing, bringing life into something that, you know, otherwise can go off the rails really, really quickly. Um, I think that that's, you know, that's, that's how, for me, sitting with this, this Dogen passage, which is difficult to (sighs) grasp, it's, it's part of the way that in a sense it, it kind of like works, works on me as I work on it, Right? letting go as we're sitting of whatever story it is because we're always we're always like confronting these these angry voices and these different beings and things like that in our zazen and everywhere and so letting go and vitalizing giving life to what's actually in front of us um it's so everything's so dynamic right all the time these uncomfortable moments they're so dynamic and and you know inviting us in so i i love this fascicle um and i've really I love this idea of undivided activity um, cuz it's I feel like when feeling divided is like one of the keys to like feeling stressed for me where like I feel like I have way too many things to do and I'm not really Landing and what I'm doing because I have all these other things that I have to do, and I—it's almost like I feel like I'm in motion, even though I'm not, you know, moving. Like I'm—I'm I'm moving through time, even though it's—I um, I don't know—it's this strange disembodied. And so, you know, again, this undivided activity, you know, of b- being with an uncomfortable feeling, being with ambivalence about, you know, anything. Like, my job is very administrative, so I spend a lot of time, you know, filling out forms for the state and updating spreadsheets and things that just make me feel like, oh, why? Why? And, you know, like that kind of, being pulled apart and and so forth, really um, is uh, it's just like it's a, it's a state of suffering, basically, rather than just putting myself into okay, time to update that spreadsheet. Okay, time to fill out those five forms again. right and but you know just doing that like just doing that one thing that I'm doing knowing that it's it's everything it's it's all that needs to be done it's all that 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 I can offer at that moment and that you know this is all part of something so much like so many interconnected parts of the world that I can't even understand necessarily, but I I think that somewhere somehow because this form needs to be filled out, like I'm helping by filling it out, and I'm I'm helping just bring um, harmony to where I am, my own body, and and everybody around me by just landing and just doing just what I'm doing, whatever it is, and not, not having this sense of, of ambivalence about why am I here, why do I have to do this. This is such a drag. So um, Dogen says, uh, undiv- this, the undivided activity of birth and death is like a young person bending and stretching or it's like someone asleep at night searching for a pillow. This is realization in vast, wondrous light. So I think he's, you know, a, a young person bending and stretching. It's like a baby is so flexible and they can bend and stretch and they don't have to like try to be flexible. They're just like, that's how they are. And so. I think he's saying that that's how we are. I mean, we're, we're actually naturally this undivided activity of birth and death. We, we are that, and yet we have this sense of being divided and of needing to do something else or be something else than what we are already right now. So preparing this, uh, this talk has been really um, meeting so many of these uh, difficult places for me of insecurity and insufficiency, anxiety, you know, talking about Dogen in front of other people. Like, how presumptuous, how crazy is that? It's crazy. And yet, I'm so um, grateful um, for all of you for indulging me and um, meeting these things, you know, it's like Master Dogen said, it's like the... Um, person reaching for a pillow in the in the night. Um, the this relates to this image of of um, of Kansayan or or Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva, reaching for a pillow. Or sorry, there's a koan that where um, where it's asked. Um, what does the, the, the bodhisattva of great compassion use so many hands and eyes for? So there's this image that they have like uh, eyes and hands, they have like tons and tons of hands. Sometimes you'll see this bodhisattva that has like tons and tons of hands so they can help lots of people or lots of eyes so they can see and ears so they can hear, right? And so, you know, this, this penetrating, this hearing, the seeing, seeing this, seeing this insecure, insufficient identity coming up, see it, penetrate, be with, vitalize, And then we can, when we can see that in ourselves, I can see it in other people and hold it in a way that's like, yeah, I I, I get that. <laughs> I know how that is, right? So we can we can hold we can hold everybody. So it's um, this practice, this coming in close so that we can know these various states that are coming up and sometimes sweeping us off our feet, getting to know them over and over so that they don't sweep us off our feet, we can find our ground of possibility again. They really um, open us up to... Being able to see everybody and 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 what everybody is going in going through, which isn't really that different. So I think that this is um, this is our undivided activity, and it's it can be just so natural. I, I mean, I think we all do so many things so naturally people making cookies for us after for after the service here so just undivided activity kindness we're doing it a lot and then we should notice when we're when we're divided and what's going on <clears throat> thank you <coughs> Thank you for listening. To find out more about the Zen Center of New York City's programs, retreats and residency, please visit our website at zmm.org slash zcnyc.